across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia and Shara House where our hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Honest Pod. I always love when we get ready to do this because you guys don't see this part, but Shara and I do, and even DJ Allie Mills, we're in on a pre-party before this episode even starts. We're kind of like, okay, what do we want to talk about? Here's the behind the scenes of how this goes. What do you want to talk about? And then we just start talking about random stuff. And then mm-hmm. we're microphones laughing. are knocked down. Yeah. It's nothing whole, works. Nothing. Always. Can't mm-hmm. hear you. Can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Good. We're out here like a, what was that? An AT&T commercial? No. T-Mobile. The hear me now one. Verizon. Verizon. Really? Yeah. No, I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. I don't know. We just make stuff up. Was it Sprint? Huh? Sprint? (laughs) Whatever. That's an airline. No, wait. (laughs) But we always do this pre-party and then we realize that we're already 20 minutes in to hanging out when we only have an hour together usually. Yeah. But we spent 20 minutes on a pre-party. But you know what? We need to get we need to get jazzed for our conversations because mm-hmm. there needs yep. to be like synergy. We need to be feeling it. We're both in mm-hmm. our pajamas. You know, yep. what I mean? it's, it's- I'm in actually currently in my bed because only because it's the most quiet room in my place right now. Yeah, but I'm it's not a bad place room. to record. She? Yeah, really? Yeah, I'm in my bedroom. Yeah, this is my oh, this is where I, I always was in sit. The basement. No, look, and even the little plant next to me. That's it. Look at that. That's look it. At that. Okay, so. I wanted to just share with you, we're coming up on Halloween. I don't know how all of you guys feel about Halloween. You know how I feel about it. If you've listened to one of our episodes, go back. I don't remember which one it was, but Shara and I talk about my experience going into a haunted house. And let me just tell you something. Shara thought it was amazing. I am still getting, I'm still having to go to Wellsprings of Freedom so that they can pray off the demons that got on me from that haunted house listen it's not a haunted house like we didn't go stay the night in a haunted house we went through like one of those scary no, mazes yeah we paid, which a also stay tuned stay tuned because i'm taking allison next week to one <gasps> dj ally mills are you yeah. going dj yes, ally mills come off mute right now i'm calling Callie. I, I reluctantly do not want to go <gasps> don't go it's <laughs> terrible it's so much fun i know i told her it can't be a really scary one though no, she she's really wants me to go. Take you. You can't even watch a movie if it's remotely. You watch Disney and The Office. I guess everything else about, is scary. It's yeah, true. Allison's edgy about like pumpkin patches because of the scarecrow. Yeah, like let's be the honest. The scarecrow is scary. Why did you say yes to this? We're gonna have to do deliverance. No, there's no take, take ba- <laughs> no take backsies. No, no take back. Yeah, there is absolutely take backsies. And let me tell you right now, DJ Ali Mills, you have a right to your own body. To say no to this devilish deception of my sister. Well, <laughs> Listen, guilty. I love taking my most scared friends to this because I'm she like, she just won't no, laugh at you the whole time. I was yeah. on the floor in the fetal position, and finally, the clown that had the clown with the chainsaw. Which also, what what's the brand we're going for here? Which movie we're mixing? That? We're mixing metaphors, but he literally stopped character and just said, "You can get up now." Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> like, I couldn't and I was like oh we good okay anyway I'm praying for you I don't think you should go in the name of Jesus I'm gonna I record it I'm Maybe calling your can. mom DJ Allie Mills I'm calling I'm calling DJ Hallie which is Allie's mom <laughs> DJ Hallie I'm calling DJ Hallie because DJ Allie about to go up in the devil's lair <laughs> oh hopefully I'll it won't be that scary we'll, we'll hold a quick prayer meeting before but we the worst thing about us. those kinds of places is that they can really spot you a mile away if you're no, the kind of person the, yeah, that's scared hundred percent oh, okay. <laughs> there is a target on the front of your forehead it's not yeah. even on your back they see your face no but the back away. is what you gotta watch out for because that's where they sneak up behind <laughs> not me you. they just stood in front of me and dropped me like a bag of potatoes <laughs> drop me like a bag of potatoes <laughs> potato bags are heavy Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm praying for that. All this to say is, so 
we've always been in tension around Halloween because it's, I love a good costume party. That's just like my jam. I mean, think about all the parties I've thrown. You used to go off for Halloween parties. Yeah. Well, I used to go off on parties, parties, period. Yeah. Yeah. And I always did like a good dress up moment, right? Like I love a good dress up moment. And I mean, we just went to Cancun and I made all of the people that went to Cancun with us. I said, we're doing wig night. You need to find a wig. And honestly, Everyone was against it until they did it. And they were like, best night of the entire week. And I was like, you're welcome. Because when you put a wig on, you get to become someone else. And it's just fun. Right? Immediately, yes. Immediately fun. So I am in tension because my son, Rocco, is having his first guy, girl, eighth grade party. And intermingling party. Yes, it is. And there is the ratio is there's 16 kids in his class and there are four or five boys, the rest girls. So heck yeah, dude. Dang. He's, That's he's okay. Awesome. So it's so, so funny about this is the only reference. Cause I didn't know this was like a big thing when you hit a certain age, I guess I skipped that part of life, but like where there's like officially like a guy girl party. Right. And the only experience I have for this was Ryder, his <laughs> other son, my nephew. Um, and that was eighth, eighth, eighth grade. It was eighth grade. It okay, was eighth yeah. grade. This is eighth when grade. we do it. Eighth grade, Shara. Oh gosh, you guys. Listen, I pride myself in being like, I, I got it like a sleeve. Like I had a cool, like edgy pixie haircut. Like I was wearing red lips that night, I think, and like an off the shoulder shirt. Like I was like, I am that cool aunt. I literally felt like I was 90 years old talking <laughs> to 10 year olds. I could you not, I went, sat down with a bunch of the girls cause they stayed separated for a long time. Like they did not know what to do with the, they like, didn't the know how to girls. intermingle. It took a, we had to do a group game and then they were off and running, but it, the first yes. hour painful. So, and I went and I sat down in the middle of the girls and I was like, so like, what are your names? <laughs> blah, blah. I'm like, this literally left my mouth. So do you guys watch TikTok? Like, <laughs> so hard to relate. And like, do you guys, I think I specifically asked them about the renegade dance. Cause my only reference was Roma doing the renegade dance like excessively. So I was like, I don't know. Are you guys, are you guys like Teletubbies? Like, what are you guys into in eighth grade? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and what did babies. they say? They were like, uh, I mean, yeah, kind of. And I'm like, like you why just are you me... in here? You're a I was embarrassed. I literally went in my room. I used to vape at the time and I was puffing away at that stick so hard. I was like, I don't anymore, guys. I quit habit. <laughs> You're the cool <laughs> aunt. You're the cool aunt vaping in the backyard like a weirdo with red I was, on and a I shirt was so off your shoulders. <laughs> Trying to impress a 14-year-old uh, and like the visual. The visual is like a trailer park ant. Like I went out to my trailer <laughs> to take a break <laughs> and reapply my red lipstick. The best part is you were like, I will fit in here. And so you came oh, in committed. with a different shirt on. Change yeah, shirts. Well, you're like, look, we need I to get down and dirty. I was out of the shirt that I was in. Let's be honest about that. Right. And you literally, so you came in, new shirt on, and you grabbed the speaker. We had a rolling speaker and it had a microphone attached. Yep. And you started going around the rooms with the microphone, just like doing yep. jokes. Rolling around. Cause it was literally like, think of a rolly suitcase with a microphone attached yeah. to it. And that's what I was just rolling around. But what's also really funny is I thought that I was like the only one struggling, but me, Carrie and Mario we're meeting in the kitchen. Yeah. It was like this little safe spot where like the pigs in the blanket were. And we felt like that. Like this was our spot to be the pigs in the blanket. It was our safety zone where we would regroup and be like, have you talked to anyone? What did they say? Yes. <laughs> and we're so like, hard. all right, divide and conquer. Yeah. It's, and so here we are back again, back again. We're doing another eighth grade. It's Rocco's first eighth grade intermingling party. He's so excited. Like he couldn't even sleep last night. He's so excited. The, the one we did for Ryder was Christmas. So we did a bunch of minute to win it games and stuff like that. But this one's a little harder for me because it's all, it's all basically a costume party, Halloween party. And so like, he's too young to have like the little pumpkin-y, you know, like, like cheesy cartoony party, but also we believe in Jesus and the devil. So we are trying to, I, you know, I'm not trying to usher any kind of any kind of juice up in my home that is not of God. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I don't want this. And Rock was like, I don't want it too scary, but I don't, I don't want to like, cause we've gone all out before scary you yeah. know, before God convicted our heart. But we like, we've gone real, like we got decorations that are 
straight up need to be burned in the backyard because they're scary. <laughs> but I was looking through the box last night and I was like, who were we? Oh my gosh. We what need to is pray it? over this box has been emanating things <laughs> from the, the basement. Like, you know, so I, um, so I was like, all right, I can do skeletons because skeletons, God made our body. There's the skeleton. When we love G, I'm rationalizing. When we love Jesus, our body, our soul goes to heaven, but our body stays in the ground. But the God made the body. The skeleton is important to the body. You know, we could do skeletons. So there's too many skeletons. I got skeleton heads. It looks like a graveyard downstairs, like in the basement. It looks literally, there's probably 17 different skeletons. There's grave, gravestones. There's a skeleton bowls. There's bone bowls. It's too much. So I got to I'm just surprised you didn't go the route of like doing the whole, like the death, the skeleton into like, you know, but the resurrection, you know what I mean? Cause I feel like you would be one of those households that like, let me, let me like preach to you while you're at my house. Maybe next year. Think about it. This brings up a thought. Honestly, I don't even know if we're going to get to what we're supposed to talk about today because I have (laughs) to tell you this. So I was a youth leader and back in the day, right? I was a youth leader for like 10 years. And I kid you not, we wanted to do a costume. I'm always committed to the, the dress up moment. So I'm like, yeah, how you can are. we make, you know, costumes fun? How can we make it so that like, we're not ushering in the devil? Um, and yet how can we make it so that people that don't know Jesus will come, you know, because they're like, Halloween's like a thing for people. Right. So I'm like, how do you, how do you ride that fine line? So we did, Oh no, we did what was called revelation house. Oh. already already the title right oh. so they had to go through we did boxes you had to crawl through these boxes and it went through all through the church and all the boxes you had to go to into each room and it was every room was a representation of the end times oh my so, gosh so they went into every room i'm not kidding this is the most terrifying haunted house i've ever been in or ever made Truly because it was real. Like every room they'd go into one of them, the girl we made her put oatmeal all on her face and she had like, she had like diseases of like the end times. Like oatmeal was dripping off her face and then she had like the, the bowl of oatmeal and she was like reaching out to people. Like she had like oh. a leg of leprosy. This is actually such a funny topic. Like I hope this gets clipped and put on Instagram because like what weird thing did your church do that you obviously now were like that was inappropriate because our church like when I was a kid it was called Hell House. I don't know if this is a familiar. Yeah, it's very similar. Very similar to Hell House. Yeah. And it was like literally they would act out all these scenes and then all of a sudden it was like oh the drunk driver they would get in a car accident and then they'd wake up. And everything was like red and there was like, you know, the fog machines and then there was yes. people dressed up as Satan, like ripping them and stuff. And you're like, ah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm laughing, but also I'm a little scared. But yeah, exactly. We Weird. had the same thing. They had to go from box to box. I kid you not. First of all, this is a fire hazard. And this is how you know that I was only 21, like leading youth. I should never have been leading youth. I've been off drugs a year. Um, and <laughs> so it was kind of a little bit of an acid trip just because, you know, <laughs> go back to the old days. But anyway, like going through, they went through all these rooms. There was like plague rooms. There was like bugs, you know, all this stuff. Yeah. Anyway, they get to the end and they crime these boxes and there's this down these stairs and we make all the cardboard boxes cover the stairs. So it's like a slide. <laughs> And they go down the slide into hell. And we had <laughs> we had heaters, like 17 heaters, all in the bottom, which around oh, cardboard. God. And they go down, and so it's so hot, and they have to crawl their way out of hell. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I want to apologize to any youth that were in my youth ministry because we made you do the worst things. And I don't I know will say, I feel like the crawling out of hell, that t- that was the nice little icing on the cake for me. That's what I needed to hear this Friday morning <laughs> is that there are some kids right now that have a memory of crawling out of hell on Halloween. Also... <laughs> Let me tell you about Jesus. Honestly, it was great salvation message at the end. Oh, yeah. Hey. The, scare, the scare tactic, 10 yeah. out of 10. Everybody stayed at the end of that. <laughs> everybody was like, I'm yeah. in. I don't, yep. I don't want that again. I don't want that. So you can no, hear the tension. Too. I just, you know, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to figure out, like, I literally woke up at four this morning and was like, am I making this too scary? And like, is this not of God? 
which actually brought up the conversation of what I want to talk about today. We are 14 minutes in. I just want to apologize if for 14 minutes you just had to say, you're, you're terrified and laughing at the same time. You are so confused emotionally right now. Yeah. Like, I'm scared. Hopefully no one's also- popping in on this episode. You know what I mean? Like, oh, let me check out this podcast, you know. They just pop in and then they were crawling out of hell. Like what? (laughs) They're like, immediately no. (laughs) I'm out. Yes. Well, that made me think about this idea around the enemy's plan and kind of like, like really how the enemy works. And I think I want to, I want to actually make a series on this. So I think we're going to talk about this for a couple of weeks because I mean, fitting Halloween. But also, because I really do believe that there is, there is ties in Halloween to, to demonic activity. There is a lot of kind of crazy things around that. I don't know. And this is just something that like I'm working through. I think as I get older and the more work that I do in spiritual battle and spiritual warfare and people's stories, I think the more sensitive I've become to some of these things that I kind of laughed off um, and I take them more seriously. Uh, but I still am not like in the school of, and this is just for me personally, and I know a lot of people out there disagree with me and I'm, and I'm actually open to that disagreement and open to that conversation, um, around like, you know, we just do not celebrate Halloween at all. That's just not what we do. We do not. And, and for me, I'm like, I, I have respect for that. Like there's, there, like, there's a deep conviction there. And I just feel like, and I'm open to hearing more about that, but what I want to kind of introduced today is this idea around the enemy. And and because I think it's really important that we talk about it, Jesus talked about it. He did not shy away from it. Um, He definitely spoke to the power of the enemy, how he operates, um, where we can most find him at work, and that we that we truly have an adversary, that this isn't just something like, you know, we've evolved or we've become more, you know, smarter. And so it's like all these, you know, old relic tells of, um, oh, of the enemy or like a snake in a garden or or a baby Jesus being born. Like if we relegate the enemy and minimize it, then we actually have to minimize God hmm. because because they both hold they both hold a level of belief they both hold a level of uh, acknowledgement and power and so you you can't minimize the work of the enemy without minimizing the power of god Mm. And, um, and so I, I just kind of want to talk about that. So, you know, Shara, I'm curious as I begin, you know, as we kind of begin this series, which it will be broken up next week, but then we'll, we'll kind of follow back up with it. Um, as we begin this series, or maybe it won't, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> up in the air. yeah, as, as we begin this series and I talk about kind of just the enemy's plan mm-hmm. or even the devil in general, Satan in general, what comes to mind for you, Shara, as you kind of hear me and you initially kind of start to think about that? Um, it's so weird because I feel like when you put it in broad terms, like the devil's plan, it feels too big. It feels too spooky, too feel it feels spooky in the sense of like, eh, like that doesn't feel like real, like mm-hmm. the devil's plan. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But obviously, I think that's because we've been desensitized by movies, shows, especially me, because I actually have a low grade like attraction to scary movies Mm -hmm. which has always been very weird for me and I don't know why but um I think when I break it down into smaller terms of like whether that just be fear or that be how the enemy attacks on a daily I know it's real I've experienced it so much in my life and I've experienced um not even just like little little things that he's done, but like an actual, like, I want to take you out Mm -hmm. based off of things that I have believed about myself. And I have been very sensitive to the spiritual world as well. Um, And so I've seen and experienced a lot of crazy things. So I know it's all real, but like, it's almost like you try not to give it too much acknowledgement because you're like, I don't super understand it. Don't super know how to combat it. Like it almost feels like because it's not talked about a lot in church. Let me say this. Yeah. Because it's not talked about a lot in church you don't really know what to do with it. Like, obviously there's the fear of it. Like you don't want to go to hell. Satan's after you, but you're like, 
aside from that, there's no tools people really give in church to like how to combat, combat that or identify that or anything. And so it feels kind of just like, well, I guess I just won't leave my attention there. Mm-hmm. I'm aware, but just won't leave my attention there, I guess. Right. So, so what I hear you saying is two things. And I think this might be true for our listeners. Um, is that there's kind of two areas. One, it feels really scary and kind of yeah. like, I, like that feels scary. And so I kind of don't really want to talk about it or engage it. And then two, if I do engage it, I actually don't know how to combat it. Yeah. I don't know. So it's scary, avoid it. And if I have to engage it, I don't really have tools to fight it. So yeah. I, like, I know there's an enemy, but I don't really know how he works. I don't really know how he operates except for in the scary. So when I yeah. think of, when I think of things about like the enemy, I, I think there's things that like come to mind, like, you know, I grew up in the eighties. So like the exorcist, you know, where like the little girls being, you know, possessed by a demon or head is rolling around, you know, and it's, it's crazy. Right. And terrifying. And yet, and then I think of new things like the conjuring, or I think of, um, these kind of really scary like places. I think of my daughter having nightmares and coming in like that's the devil. And then I also think that there's things that are said often like, um, Oh, I got in a car accident. The devil's after me. It's like, Mm -hmm no, maybe you were on your phone and you got in a crash because you weren't paying attention. Yeah. Um, And so I think what I'd like to do in the next, you know, few episodes is I'd like to one, um, in a way, demystify it because it feels very, there is a a mystery around it, a, a mysticalness around it, but I'd like to demystify it in really exposing how the enemy works and how, and to answer exactly those questions, Shara, how he works predominantly, because yes, he works in all kinds of, I do believe he, you know, when you go to movies and you go to certain things, you are opening your, the Bible's very clear. You are opening yourself up to the spiritual realm and you, because you've not been given the tools, um, you open yourself up and you actually don't know how to combat it. So mm-hmm. it actually can wreak havoc. It, it, this is biblical. Mm-hmm. It says this in the Bible. Um, this is not something that I'm just making up. And I'm also not being like super weird, like, oh man, the devil's out to get you. I mean, maybe, but probably more of his cronies. But yeah. uh, what are you opening yourself up to? And if you are opening yourself up to it, then do you even know how to combat it? And so what I would like to do is um, kind of just start with, like who he is, like what, what does he do so that we can see it? Now, I know some of you go, I don't want to listen to this episode. I don't like talking about this. This makes me scared. I just want to talk about Jesus and I want to talk about my mental health. (laughs) And I want to know about how can I become a better person? How can I combat some of these limiting beliefs that I have? I love coming to this podcast because you talk about honest things in our story. Here's what I've learned. The more I've done story work, the more I've had to face off spiritual warfare. I didn't know that I was going to have to become a spiritual warfare guru. And I don't know if I necessarily am, but I've had to learn more about spiritual warfare in doing story work than any other work I've ever done. Evangelism. Yes, there's a pushback. That's what I do. A lot of evangelism when I'm preaching on a Sunday morning. Yes, there's spiritual attack. I have never had to deal with spiritual warfare like when I start exposing, especially childhood family of origin stories. Mm-hmm. And it's because this is how the enemy works. Yeah, He is the father of lies. So I want to give you a couple of checkpoints. There's actually a really great book out. You could go and read this. Um, I think it's a good introductory and it's not like super creepy or weird. It's um, by John Mark Comer, Live No Lies. So John Mark Comer, Live No Lies. It's recognizing and resisting the three enemies that sabotage your, your peace. Um, and it does go into a little bit about the enemy. And I want to take, um, a couple of things, um, about, about the enemy and to, to kind of know, um, what Jesus says about him and how to just kind of see the beginning stages. So I want you to just understand, um, that when Jesus describes the enemy, um, he's actually talking in the Bible, he's talking to the Pharisees. And he's beginning to talk to them, um, really calling them out. Um, and he's calling them out 
about how they're aligned with the enemy. Now, remember, the Pharisees are the religious, like at this time, they are the religious heads, right? They're at the top. So Jesus ends up saying to him, and actually in the scriptures, he's full of contempt when he says this, like he's angry at them. Um, But he looks at him and he says to the Pharisees, you belong to your father, the devil. Also, sometimes Jesus is just so savage and I love it. So spicy. He is. I love it. Mm -hmm. And he goes, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language for he is a liar and the father of lies. And I just kind of want to go on like, when Shara, I'm curious for you, when you mm-hmm. think of the devil, which I know is not something super fun to think about, but when you think of the animal, the, the enemy, the devil, Satan, demons, yeah, how do you think? And now I want you to try to think in terms of, I know you've done a lot of work with me and a lot of work outside of me and a lot of work with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you think of the devil, how do you think that he kind of in general, maybe before this work, predominantly attacked oh. people? Yeah. Okay. So my only frame of reference before I did any sort of work was I just struggled with major like fear when I was a kid, whether that I had, I actually remember some of my earliest memories were just, I remember counting 40 days of back-to-back nightmares as Mm. a kid and Mm -hmm. being like, like plagued by that and plagued by like anxiety at a really young age. I was being super fearful of parents passing away or being sick. Like And I remember feeling like it was so weird and I think I was just told that it was Satan. So I think that like it was more so like he creates fear in your life is Mm -hmm. what I saw him as. Yes. Yes. And that fear felt true, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Like that felt, that felt really true. And, and I think when we, I I think that is, and this is why he says in second Timothy one, seven, for I have not given you a spirit of fear. Like, yeah. like there's a spiritual, because we can have fear and not have it be plaguing, right? Like the fear of the Lord yeah. is is righteous. It's strength. Like you can fear things in a way that brings honor. Like I fear the fact that God is my king. There's a trembling to come before the king, but the fear does not keep me stuck. It actually just yeah. keeps me in a position of surrender um, yeah. because he's God. He's God. Yeah. But this kind of fear you're referencing is keeping you isolated. It's keeping yeah. you stuck. It's keeping you um, deeply, uh, deeply immobilized. Yeah, it's keeping me small. It's keeping me small. Yes. Yeah. And and this is this is totally what I, I think that he does. And and this is what I want you to start hearing is that he begins in these like origin places of our story. So like he, he, there, there is a knowing of us as much as God knows what you were created for, for good. The enemy is studying you knowing that you were created for good and Mm -hmm. wants to demolish that. One of the things um, John Mark Comer says in his book, in this book that I just shared with you, and I thought that this was really powerful. He says, uh, for Jesus, the devil is the archetype of a villain who is hell-bent on destruction. He just wants to watch the world burn. His motto, tear it all down, Whatever he find, wherever he finds life, he tries to stamp it out. Beauty, deface it. Love, corrupt it. Unity, fragmented into a million pieces. Mm. Human flourishing, push it into anarchy or tyranny. Either will do. His anti-life, pro-death, pro-chaos agenda is an insatiable fire. His intent is to wreck love. One relationship, one community, one nation, one generation at a time. Mm. This is why this is why I think if we look at it and you kind of start to take a step back, our news feeds drip with fear and chaos. They just yeah. drip with it. Um our assault when we are little, um, we can make sense of a nightmare as an adult. It, sh- it rattles yeah. us for sure, like rattles us, but we can kind of grab, you know, wrap our minds. Okay, that was a nightmare, whatever. But when you're a kid, 
um, there, those kind of things just grip you. Um, there is definitely like, I've gone to other countries and I've, I've seen the enemy work in ways I've, I've honestly very rarely seen here, you know, possession Mm -hmm. and deep oppression. Um, but I want to get down to, you know, Jesus, when he's talking to the Pharisees and when he's explaining who the enemy is, he actually doesn't talk a lot about nightmares. He doesn't talk about possession. Mm -hmm. He doesn't talk about, you know, um, you know, the enemy, like being in your home, he actually talks mostly about lies. Yeah. He mostly speaks about the lie. Now I think, you know, we'll pray for the two of you going into that haunted house because I just think a devil up in that place. But, and and I do think there is truth and, and we need to see that for what it is. But I think the roots of where the enemy really begins and where he really wreaks havoc is in lies. Yeah. And that battle is really in our mind. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was a very new concept for me. And I think that broke it. I think when I started doing work, understanding that almost when I was able to separate the difference between, I almost, this is the best way I could say it, I guess. I actually had to like work on separating my, the lies I had been telling myself as a separate entity. And it wasn't just me like mm-hmm. having self-doubt or whatever, realizing that those were attached to me at a young age, but it's actually not coming from me. It's coming from something else. Right. And, and in that, you, you, like, again, I don't, I know those who are listening, there's strong feelings about this. And Shara and DJ Ali Mills can both tell you, I'm the girl that's like, even a commercial comes on about any kind of demon crazy. I'm like, turn that. Don't put that juice up in my house. You know, I am that lady for sure. But in all honesty, I'm not sure if that's where we need to really spend a lot of our energy combating. Yeah, agreed. I, I think that where we need to start looking is the root causes of the belief structures and narratives that we have about our story, our life, and what we see about ourselves and truly what we see about God. So, and I'm going to just quote this one more, one more thing. Uh, he says, what if our Western world is actually blind to a whole dimension of reality, ignorant mm. of what many consider to be eh, common sense? What if we're attempting to solve the problems of the world without dealing with the root cause? What if for all our science and technology and political theory, we're actually oblivious to, or worse, willfully ignorant of the facts. Mm. And I found that to be, that just got my brain thinking because, you know, when you take Freedom Academy, we do, we do spend a portion of time on this because I can't not. I can't talk about your story and I can't talk about you going and sitting with other people in their story without understanding how the enemy attaches. So for the remaining of this episode, um, we're going to kind of go into this in more detail because you need to understand this, not to fear it, because you have been given authority. The Bible says, I have given you authority to tramp over snakes, um, to, to trample over any spiritual powers, not so that you can rejoice in the fact that you can have power over it, but so that you would have authority and it would give glory to God. That's what the scripture mm-hmm. says. So we don't need to fear this, but the reality is think about your life and how much Fear and energy has gone into being fearful around an enemy, but not ever really touching the origin of really where he's doing his work. And that's in the Mm. lives of the beginning stories. So all of our energy is focused on get that devil juice up out of my house and, you know, running around saying your prayers, which is awesome. But you're not actually praying your prayers towards the particular lies that have been given to you since you were very little. And we don't even think about that. You know, we don't even think about the fact that the battle is within our mind. It -hmm. is within the places of what we believe about ourselves. So I'm going to ask just for a minute here, Shara, for you and I both to share um, in this. Let's move aside. Let's let's table the whole like, you know, Ouija boards and crazy movies and, you know, the nightmares and all of that stuff. If we were to get more particular about 
something, you know, like a place that felt dark. It felt like it was literally trying to kill us, take us mm. out in our story at pretty young. Yeah. Uh, that that was something that just feels like looking back on it, that felt dark, palpably dark and felt like it was trying to take me out. Can you think of yeah. a memory that would associate to that? Immediately, yes. I feel there's many specific memories, but I can, do you mind if I share the overall theme of those yes, memories? Yes, please. Right. Um, for, for me, I think what actually led me to the full on meltdown that I had when I was 26, 27 years old, 26, was my silencing. And that not necessarily a silencing like, oh, I was meant to live out loud, big or be on stage. Not like that at all. I mean, I kept quiet pretty much my entire life when it came to anything that I experienced, any trauma that had I had experienced, any um, heartbreak, loss, confusion. Um, it was all riddled in shame. And I was told a lie. Keep quiet. Don't tell a soul. Mm-hmm. Don't say anything. Um, and I had gone through so many different things in my life and told no one. And so it was because I was afraid I believed this lie of if you say something, they won't love you anymore. Yes. Or um, the shame of it kept me quiet because if anyone really knew what I had experienced or positions that I had put myself in or um, things that I had done, there's no way anyone would stick around. Mm -hmm. So I just kept quiet until I hit a wall at the age of 26 where it actually felt like it was was killing me now. Mm -hmm. Like it was physically killing me. Yes. And there's a story um, that you've shared with me, um, and we can edit this out too if if you don't want to share it, but when you, I think, were eight and you went on mm-hmm. the balcony. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I actually just recently talked to my husband about this. Um, yeah, when I was eight, I had just gotten through, like, gone through a really horrible, like, my dad was, you know, punishing me for putting conditioner in my hair that went down to my butt um, and whatever. Um, and it was a really intense beating. And I remember at like eight years old going onto a balcony and being like, I didn't really understand what I was thinking, but I was like, I think I need to end my life here. Yes. Like, I think I just need to jump off this balcony. Yes. And I didn't really know what that meant. Like as an eight year old, I was just was like, I know for a fact it would be better if I wasn't here. I like he wouldn't get this angry. Yeah. He wouldn't be so angry. Like my brothers and sisters wouldn't see him so angry. My mom wouldn't experience it. I should just go. Cause I seem to be the running problem in everybody's life. Yes. So I, I bring that up because not only were you being told to be silenced, there was a narrative even at eight years old that your brain can't fight. You don't have yeah. the maturity to fight that, that belief, that lie Yeah. to, to say, not only do I want you quiet, I actually want you dead. Yeah. And it would actually be better for everyone. And here's the thing is as heavy as that sounds, what God was doing for Shara, even at 26 and the work that he's been inviting you into has been to go back to those places and allow God to speak truth into that moment, allow to bring back, bring you from the edge of the balcony back into his arms. So we fight two things, right? We fight an enemy that brings us to fear, and we and we stand with a God that brings us to love, but ultimately fear is because we don't want to lose human love. Yes. So the fear drives us. The the enemy's fear, the lies drive us to do things and think things about us so that we don't lose human love. Yeah. So it almost is cloaked in a like it's almost masked, right? Like this is protecting me because I'm able to keep this going, keep these relationships going or whatever. But in reality, it's creating space and distance where we think it's connecting. It's bridging. Yeah. Where it's a lie, right? Where it's counterfeit to say, you know, if you stay silent, then you'll be loved. But in staying silent, it's actually keeping you from love. If you actually end your life, then everyone else will be happy and they will be able to love. And then reality, the fact is they will all be devastated. And so, but you, but if it's such a young age, and this is why I say, this is kind of the number one tactic of the enemy is assault on youth, is assault Mm -hmm. on our origin story, because the origin of who the enemy was and is from the very beginning of our, the, the very origin of who he is from the garden was deception, 
was mm-hmm. isolation, deception, doubt, and mm-hmm. chaos. This is his go-to method always. He's not creative. He's just crafty. You can mm-hmm. count on him to do those three things, to isolate you, to yeah. cause doubt with inside you, and to create chaos. When you mm-hmm. are young, you don't have the facility, the faculty to be able to fight such lie. That's why we need mm-hmm. our parents, right? But so mm-hmm. often in our brokenness as parents, I, I include myself into this, we're actually partnering often with the enemy against our children because we have mm-hmm. our own lies. We have our own places that we haven't gone into. We spend a lot of energy praying prayers of deliverance for you know, over spiritual things that we have stepped into, dark spiritual practices or whatever, but we don't spend very much time in the particularities of the origin lies that are set within our story. That to be honest with you, Shara, are probably, and myself included, are wreaking way more havoc than even the movies that I watched. And although I need to get rid of those, you know what I mean? Like I did a lot of crazy stuff growing up. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff when I was on drugs. Drugs are literally a door to the to the dark side because they open mm-hmm. you up to a very spiritual realm. Um, so then do you feel like you had more of experience on this other side instead of the lie side? No, no. The lie side got me to the drugs. So the drugs gotcha. were trying to kill me. So I, I, he was trying to find any way to, to I think I think it starts with a lie. That's the core. And then he builds on top of it, these, these, um, experiences he draw, you Mm -hmm. say, I have a drawing to this kind of, um, the world of kind of darkness. I have a draw to it. Well, there's a reason why, because I actually believe that you're gifted in discernment. This is actually a gift that you have within the kingdom of God. Um, Mm -hmm. so he's going to draw upon your gifts. He's going to draw you into the dark side because why? Because it scares you. So if it scares Mm -hmm. you, then you're not going to actually use your gift for the kingdom of God. You're going to go, I don't want to, I don't want to have discernment. I don't want that kind of gifting. I actually have the same thing. I have less discernment as I have more prophetic call. Um, I have a more prophetic call on my life. I always have had that. I'm a truth teller. I speak it out. I've been that since I was a kid. So yes, there was a silencing in the lie. Uh, The lie Mm -hmm. was stay silent. We have similar in that. Um, mm-hmm. but I couldn't, you could, I couldn't stay silent. So instead <laughs> yeah. of staying silent, I couldn't feel those emotions. So what did God, so what did the enemy say? Numb it. Don't feel it. Mm. Go drug it out. So I was in drug induced for 10 years. Well, where were you? You were silent, wanting to be on a balcony, wanting to t- take your life at eight and then going mm-hmm. into relationships with men. So mm-hmm. it, like these two different worlds, but the, the origin lie says, uh, the fear is if you speak out what is true, you will lose love. Yeah. And that's that's a core root, the fear of that. And so it's almost like I want you to look at it like a ladder, like, or like a, yeah, like a root, like a, like a tree, if you will, but not a good tree, <laughs> like the tree in the middle <laughs> of the garden that would have good and evil on it. But this true tree that's rooted, there's these root lies at the bottom that start really early on in our story. They're very particular to us and they're very particular around our gifting. He sees the goodness in you. He, he's been studying it. So now his job is to assault it because he knows if it was unleashed, it, it would bring too much glory to the kingdom of God. This is true. This yeah. is the Bible. And, and so there's these roots. Now on top of that, how he's going to keep that silenced if he can't take your life the enemy comes to kill and steal and destroy. I truly believe he wants to kill you. Just sounds terrible, but it's true. But if he can't kill you because we have some kind of resilience, he'll try. I bet there are times in most of your lives where you have thought it would be better if I wasn't here. Yeah. And I'm not saying you're all suicidal, but that suicidal ideation it is absolutely from the enemy. Yeah. So you have that. And then it begins to grow. And now he's going to to build upon that. And that's where we build upon things like, you know, now I'm going to go there. Things like uh, movies, the, the, the draw to the spiritual realm, the curiosity around it, uh, addiction. His hand is totally in that. Um, spaces of, of justification. It's not that big of a deal, you know. And he grows upon that so that you can start you know, when you want to attack it, you kind of start to the top of the tree. 
You go, mm-hmm. well, let me, let me deal with like the haunted house experience. Let me deal with that time I did the Ouija board. Let me deal with that time that I watched that scary movie or that time I bought that thing at that store and it was, it had some really weird symbols on it and it's been in my house. I think you need to deal with all of those things. You need to be wise about all of those things. But if he can keep you in the realm of that, like the top of the tree, then he really is not, then you're really not getting to the root and yeah. uprooting what he's done. Okay. So I've said a lot of things. I, I want to hear from you. What's, what are you hearing me say and what's resonating? Cause I want to make sure our listeners are, are tracking. I think it's a really good way of breaking it down. I've not had anyone break it down in the sense of kind of like the tree, how we try to deal with these things up here, kind of maybe these like low hanging fruits of like, Oh, I'll just grab at that. That makes sense that maybe I'm experiencing this because of that or whatever, but uprooting the lies from childhood almost it's, it's kind of like, um, what well, we talk a lot when it comes to mental health, it's like you can deal with the symptom, but if you don't address the sickness, mm-hmm. then you're just going to be managing your symptoms all your life. Right. Um, so it sounds like it's just a very similar thing, but I've not had it broken down in that way. So I think that that's really interesting. Um, and also it is very difficult, painful, but worth it to go back to those mm-hmm. to those origin stories of those lies and really address those. Um, it's painful. It's an uprooting mm-hmm. for sure. And it feels like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, but there is actually no way to go around it. And I will say, no, like, let me just not. let me just be clear because I'm glad I'm glad I got to hear from you about the feedback of that. Because here's what's important: in order to take out a very large rooted tree, you actually have to cut off the branches first, so that it's an easier tree to take out. Like you, mm. you can't just, uh, oftentimes people that go in and take out trees, I mean, I guess it could be like chopped down timber, but we've had trees taken in our ba- out in our backyard. And if they would have just cut down this huge giant tree, it could have caused damage to the things all around it. Um, but so they go down and they cut off all of the br- big branches. They take care of those and then they cut down the root, you know, and then they dig out, then they cut down the trunk and then they dig out the root that there's a process to this. So it's not, I'm not saying like, hey, don't deal with the fact that you have had encounters with the spiritual realm, like deal yeah. with that for sure. Um, and, and you need to, so that you can start seeing where has it been rooted and where has it been coming from? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I will say that, and, and what I also want to say is your naming of the heart. Yes. But here's the reality. You're already dealing with the heart. Yes. <laughs> your life is our, whether you want to touch your origin stories or whether you want to uproot or not, the enemy is at work and you feel him. You get yep. up in the morning, you feel the resistance. You feel the, the, the weight of the world. You feel the tension inside you. Even if life is going good, you, you feel this unsettledness in a lot of areas because the enemy is our, he's, he's doing what he's doing. And, and he's all too happy for you to go, yeah, it's too hard to do the work. And he's like, great. But it's hard to be you. It's hard to live your mm-hmm. life. <clears throat> and so when you do this work, the fear is that it's going to be hard. Can I just name, you're already doing the hard. You're already living yeah. in the hard. By doing this work, you're just turning now and facing where the root of this, like you said, the sickness is so that you can actually be healed. Yeah. And so managing your sy- sym- symptoms, if you've ever had chronic illness, managing your symptoms is exhausting. And we yeah. are so exhausted. But when we actually get cured, there's a level of freedom that feels like, oh my gosh, for so many years, I've been managing these symptoms. I've been cutting down the branches and they keep growing back. I've been cutting down and, and I'm exhausted. I don't want to go out there anymore and get the chainsaw out and cut down the branch. I thought I just cut this branch down and here it is growing back yeah. again. So when we actually do this work, when we start looking at the particularities of the, the origin stories of lies that we have believed and we examine them. And we engage God's power in it. For I have given you power, he says, to trample over all of this, that although the enemy is the the, the prince of lies, I am the prince of peace. And Jesus Mm. is not on the defense. He is the Mm. offense. He is winning. So we actually get to claim his authority. So as we kind of wrap up here, I want to encourage all of you listeners out there. I know this is a heavy topic, but... But to break it down simplistically, just be mindful this week or next week. Be mindful of lies that you hear. 
be mindful of the tone yeah. in which you hear it. Shara at eight years old had no way to combat the tone, but the tone was, it would be better if you weren't here. Mm-hmm. The tone was darkness. The tone was isolation. The tone for me, it has always been the tone of, you know, you have to prove yourself. You're mm-hmm. never good enough. And that tone is insidious and it's, and it's rooted deep, deep within my story. And so I just want you to be mindful this next couple of weeks. And I know we've talked about this in some previous episodes, but I want to break down a little more practically in the episodes to come. How do we, how do we see it? How do we fight it? What are the tools to have when it keeps coming up? And how do we uproot it? These are the mm-hmm. places that I want to go. And so any last thoughts, Shara, that's kind of rolling through your mind? No, I'm excited. I feel like I'm going to learn a lot through this as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm excited for the weeks to come. I love for you to be able to speak on because I know uh, we get the comments all the time. Like people are like, I'm so thankful for Shara because she's asking the questions <laughs> that I want to ask you. And, and, and I get to ask questions too, because I'm definitely not the expert on this. And I definitely have some questions I think that are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks that I think the majority of people may feel, but I think as we dive in, I'll good dive write in. those down so you don't forget them. Um, okay. and as they come, and I think it'd be cool, Allison, we should reach out to John Mark Comer and see, he just had this new book come out, live no lies. And let's see if we can get him on. Cause I I'd love to, I'd love to chat with him about, about this, um, about this book and just kind of his heart behind it and the story behind it. Um, so maybe we can reach out to him and see if that's possible. You could also uh, reach out to the Jonas brothers to see if they could hop on as well. At some point, I'd really love to be able to interview them. That'd be cool. I didn't know we're just asking Allison for people that we would like to chat on the podcast. with. <laughs> I'm sure they know something of spiritual warfare, right? For sure. They were, they're pastor's kids. That's right. So Honestly, look out 2022, baby. Yeah, let's go. Jonas, Jonas brothers. <laughs> We are going to be up and popping if the Jonas yep. Brothers are on here. I know. That'd be great. Yeah, that's great. Okay, great. Well, guys, I just want to encourage you that this isn't something to be fearful of. Um, this is something to engage with authority. Um, for we know that we battle um, not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual world principalities that are against us. But we get to battle, and it is a battle. So none of this, like, we're on a journey with the, the enemy. No, no. We're on a journey with Christ. We're in a battle against the enemy. Okay? Be, make it clear. Ooh, that'll preach. I just ended with that. That Come was on. good right there. We are on Jeez. a journey with Jesus. We are in a battle against the enemy. So you don't got to fight for the kingdom. We got to fight against the kingdom of darkness. So all that to say is be mindful this week. Don't shy away from the conversations that are hard because you have fear around them. Engage this conversation with openness to what God has to say, the power he wants to give you, and really the lack of power that the enemy actually has when you engage the kingdom of God. All right. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always.